Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Starship Podcast Warlock. My name is Drew. My name is Jeff. And this is a show about the young ones. Uh, if you've gotten this far and you still don't know, I don't know how that happened. But what we do is we talk about the British 80s sitcom The Young Ones. We watch an episode, uh, and you can sync your copy of the episode up with us so that you are hearing our commentary. And we also talk about things before and after. It's a podcast, and that's how it works. So, uh, the episode that we have today is sick, uh, and it's one we've been alluding to for quite some time. I know that uh, Jeff has uh, uh, some qualms about this episode. Parts of this episode. Maybe the wrong word. Um, <laughs> I, I repeat that there's no such thing as a bad Young Ones episode, but th- this has bits that I'm, um, some bits I'm not particularly fond of. There, there are other bits that I do like in this episode very much and are looking forward to seeing again, but um, particularly one it's, one running gag, which is possibly one of my favorite running gags in the whole series. It's it's gross, is the problem. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, you know, that's fine. Uh, we'll, we'll get through it all together. I mean, gross is relative. There's, there's much worse out there, but it's just the, uh, I didn't need to see that. Yes. Um, so, <laughs> well, we'll get there. The topic we're going to talk about before the episode, uh, before we sort of run out of time, we actually have a lot of things to talk about in uh, Summer Holiday, the next episode that we do, which will be the last one of The Young Ones. We will be uh, talking then about our ranking of the episodes, uh, or the ranking of our favorites, not necessarily the ranking of the objectively great Young Ones episodes, although for Jeff it might be the same. For me it probably is not. Uh we also will be talking about the musical guests in the episode, or specifically the musical numbers that are uh, in each episode, and kind of our ranking of those. And in addition to the nerdly rankings, uh, we'll also kind of be talking just generally about the series and sort of wrapping things up and all that sort of thing. So one topic we're not going to save for that episode is this one, which is what would the young ones be like if they made it today? Uh, Jeff, I know I have some thoughts about this, uh, and I know you probably do too. Uh, and maybe the best way to do this is, uh, well, here's the thoughts that I have. I have some thoughts on casting. Uh, actually, a lot of my thoughts are casting. Actually, they're almost all casting now that I look well, at go it. For it. I'm, <laughs> but I'm, before we get into that, okay. let's, let's talk about kind of the general format of the show. So... I feel like the the style of humor in many ways probably still would work today. And I'm thinking of shows like, and I know these are not like up to the minute references, but like the IT crowd and um, Toast of London. Uh, I've never seen both of which <laughs> you probably should check okay, out. I've seen uh, the IT crowd, but but Toast of London, I'm okay. not familiar with. Yeah, check out Toast of London. Um, I've only watched a couple episodes of it, it, but they're both very broad comedies. Like they're uh, just in, in kind of the same way as this, they're they're really over the top. Um, I think there are even kind of cutaway type things happening in Toast of London. Uh, I forget; I've only seen a couple of those. But the point is, I think that the the particular style of humor here would not be completely out of place. Um, the format of it certainly is not dated for guys living in an apartment or a house for college guys. This is. For college guys, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's nothing really dated about that. Um, so I think there's only really one aspect of the style of humor I think might be uh, 
changed in a modern version, which is it, it probably would not be as slapstick violent, is my guess. Um, I don't necessarily know about that. Maybe? About that. Um, and, and I have to say, in some places, that's kind of its charm in a way. I would hate to lose that. I mean, but past a mm-hmm. certain extent. But, um, you know, uh, there, there's... There's a little bit of um, there's a little bit of that that I think is is part of what made this actually work. I, I would be sad to see that go. Um, I mean, maybe you're right. Maybe it wouldn't work so much in modern setting, but um, but it, it depends. And I think the casting has a knock on effect of of yeah. Well, how I, and where and to whom you can be violent. I mean, we'll I get will into that point in just out. I will point out first of all before we get to casting that one of the other aspects of this is that it has such a such a sense of time and place that that the premise is not uh the premise is timeless but certainly you know all the thatcher jokes for example um mm-hmm. certainly the, the different bands that we've got um you know i, I don't know if uh, if neil would make the, the joke of uh, no one ever listens to me i may as well be a leonard cohen record you know would you have a different substitution <laughs> in there or you know uh different when uh the equivalent to nosing around or the dickie and dino show would you throw in some other things but uh, but i still maintain the structure still holds it's just that some of those jokes that instead of doing um instead of doing thatcher you'll uh, i'm sure there could be enough comments on boris johnson i mean go figure right yeah, I mean, and the music is actually a good point. This is one of the things I was thinking might be different. It's very tough for me to imagine, and maybe this is just because I'm not a kid, is, like, what bands would they actually have on here? And and here's my hypothesis, and this is very kind of, this is going to be a very old guy kind of hypothesis, but I hear me out. I feel like the 80s, specifically the early 80s, early to mid-80s maybe, were kind of a the last gasp of a kind of it, not certainly not universal uh, idea of pop, but I think that it was that it kind of came together in a way that I don't feel like it does today and maybe really hasn't since that time. And I think part of that could be MTV where suddenly the most high profile music uh, had a video. It was being shown on TV. People around the world could be aware of it. Um, it had a certain sort of... Uh, there were a lot of songs in the early 80s that were almost novelty songs. Um, I, I think there are probably a lot of people who regard, for example, like the Safety Dance as a novelty song. Um, you know, and, and it just felt like there was a, a popness to it that maybe started to break down toward the end of the 80s. And there I'm thinking of like the advent of like modern rock, alternative music, postmodern rock, whatever you want to call it, um, where there was a sense of, well, there's this stuff over here and then there's this stuff over here. You know, obviously hip hop was on the rise and, you know, by the 90s was a, a, a very mainstream part of everybody's culture. And so it, it's it's tough for me to imagine the kinds of bands that might show up. Uh, you I mean, know, they, they just don't, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. What as, do you think? As my, my former boss used to point out, that he actually thought that this was a time where things are burgeoning right now in like the indie music scene and and, um, and democratization of that sort of thing. Um, and in that respect, that maybe yeah, although there isn't, um, uh, although the landscape has bifurcated or much much more furcated, I guess, uh, has um, split out and went everywhere. I mean, you know, it's. I mean, they have bands that show up on Sorry at Live, for example. Uh, and I mean, okay, yeah, some of them are whatever the the top hits are, but I, I can also imagine finding some that are just 
you know, um, maybe there are ones that are just, they, they haven't hit mainstream or they're just, uh, um, just getting started or something, and, and the show ends up providing a big boost for them. I think that depends mm -hmm. on who's curating it. And, you know, do you go for something that, well, uh, all of these bands fit this aesthetic that, that, you know, these college kids would like as opposed to picking something that would be very not in their wheelhouse. But even so, I mean, it's interesting. Like, I mean, do you think that all, all four in, the, in the, the original series, do they all like the same kind of music? I mean, they seem to all groove on on whoever they have as the guest star or they don't seem opposed to it but it's funny i wouldn't picture that viv and and neil for example would be listening to the same music so uh but so it's almost going with the aesthetic of what the viewers perhaps uh you know, what you think maybe your viewers would uh would like um, yeah it could be like i really don't know how they picked the the music for the original one like i know clearly some of it was a hit at the time you know madness were popular mm -hmm. Well, I'd also um, like to other see other bands, maybe not. I'd also like to see, you know, if you can have a little more interaction in some cases between the band and uh, and the um, and the the four, whoever is in the house. Like, I, I do like the bits where it's not just a band performing; it's actually uh, um, the, the worlds are colliding a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think I think what I'm trying to suggest is that a lot of the bands in the early '80s had this kind of tongue-in-cheek quality or, or tongue-in-cheek tongue capable quality like the damned are kind of a, a cartoon of a horror band mm -hmm. um you know certainly captain sensible doesn't take himself too seriously and and how in the world could dave vanian take himself seriously i'm sure there's some there's some uh it's funny i was gonna think of death punk that's not what i meant but um but uh, I'm sure there are some bands like that. The problem is that uh, being being an old fogey and somebody that was always perpetually ten or twenty years behind the times, even when those times were were happening, I'm not the best judge of those sorts of things. But I'm I'm I, I'm sure there were a few. Um, well, here's what I'm trying to picture: is like there's this slapstick comedy thing going on, and then we pause for like a song by Lord or Billie Eilish, or. Yeah, that's Lana not, Del Rey or something. It's like what? Yeah, that's not quite a, kind of the right aesthetic. You 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 want bands that are sort of quirky in that same sort of way. And and I I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't put on yeah put on you know Jonathan Colton. Maybe no, I I don't think so. But as much as I adore J.K. Uh, J.K. Sorry, J.C. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just mixed them up mean, with J.K. Rowling. That's uh, uh, please cut this bit later on. on. Uh, yes, please. Um, but I mean, like, I can see like uh, a lot of rap and hip hop acts kind of working, but even there, it's like juxtaposed with the kind of like, uh, I guess, the kind of humor that happens. At the, it's very difficult for me to sort of imagine that flowing. But maybe it could. Maybe it's just that I'm old, and I think that. Uh, well, I'd, I'd bring the up, casting might also make a difference there. I mean, I'd Go actually ahead. bring up SN, SNL as an interesting thing because every once in a while, SNL will find an excuse to put their musical guests into an episode. And and, yeah. and so, uh, you know, could you find a band that similarly, like I said, it's, it's, it's fine if they just go and perform themselves, but it'd also be interesting if it feels a little bit um, integrated in there. Uh, I mean, not, let's be honest, not that any of the interactions were, were, you know, oh my God, that was classic funny material. Uh, but uh, yeah, it shouldn't feel too out of place. 
mm-hmm. for uh, and you know I, I I think we're probably there, there are probably people out there that could judge better than I than than I could certainly I don't know about you but I know in terms of my my musical um, uh, understanding I'm probably not the best judge for that yeah I've definitely I'm I'm definitely out of date in a lot of different ways so, so hey if you're listening to this you beat me and to it. you and you can think of bands that should be on the new version of the young ones that we're tossing around here, uh, tweet us at Starship Warlock on Twitter uh, and let us know what they are. And maybe we'll talk about them in a future episode. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, let's let's get into casting. Uh, I All of my thoughts about casting are about the kinds of people. So... Uh, I'll go, actually, I'll go into it. I don't know if you've cast it with um, actual uh, individual actors or not. Um, but, as opposed to robots? Or, <laughs> no, no, no. I just don't know the nature of your, because th- I don't have an, a person's name in any of mine. It's all mm-hmm. like kind of types and demographics. Well, so the, I'll just launch Yeah, I mean, into that's it. interesting because I was going to say, do you want the same sort of, you know, you have four very, very interesting archetypes. Do you want those same archetypes or the ones that fit better in today's world? Well, so here, here's, I'll take you through my thought process. It's a little stream of consciousness. So here it is. Um, starting with Rick. Um, it's very easy now to imagine Rick being almost any kind of white guy who thinks he's woke, but isn't. So Rick doesn't actually change a whole lot in terms of the nature of the person he is. I think he, he almost still has to be that exact person. Yep. Um, and so I also think that though beyond Rick, um, there's probably at least one female cast member um, and at least one cast member of color and hopefully more. So uh, most likely that would be a thing that would happen. And so that started me thinking about, well, who should be... You know, who should it be, basically, because, um, you know, as we observed in the very first episodes, there's this definite kind of hierarchy of abuse that happens. And uh, it looks really bad if it's kind of flowing the wrong way toward the wrong person. So uh, I think that uh, so what I wrote down is either Vivian or Mike is a woman, Viv. perhaps even Viv. a woman I, of color. I would, I yeah. would want to see it for Vivian. I, for me, that works very I, strongly. in my. I head. think so, too. Uh, and so he could still be a punk or uh, I wrote, oh, is he still a punk or is he from some other subculture, which one would let him be violent and dominant without being a douche? Um, so I wrote, maybe he is the punk girl. That works really well for me. <laughs> the, the name can still be Vivian, as a matter of fact. Mm. Um, I was trying to think about what Neil is in 2020. Um, like, I don't know if he would be like an EDM kid or like what's slightly outdated. Maybe he's like a scene kid. That seems a little weird, but maybe, maybe he's a goth. Maybe that is the equivalent of hippies in 2020. I don't know. I don't know. There's still, Um, there's still hippie kids around. Go to, uh, go to Santa Cruz or Berkeley, right? I mean, uh, you can find plenty. Yeah, that is true. It could be that. Again, where are you setting this? I mean, I, I, I mean, if we're still setting it in, uh, in England, I can't speak to how the scene is there as opposed to here, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I was, I guess I was sort of thinking of it being in New York only because uh, I had a better idea of what archetypes mm. there might be in an American version. Well, uh, although, to be clear, I do not want an American version of the young ones. I mean, there's, <laughs> I mean, I think I mentioned that you probably know that uh, they actually tried to do an American version of the young I ones. I do know. And, and did yes. I talk about this before? That, that Nigel Planer actually went over 
there he was going to reprise as Neil in that and the other the other mm-hmm. three were going to be American and he was like oh my god thank god this thing died a quick and painful death all I could see was myself <laughs> being stuck for six years in this sort of hell um, and I don't think it's ever aired I would kill to see it just so that I never had to see it again um, I, I know yeah. I know that there was you know the two American red dwarf pilots which are also hysterically bad um, yeah don't want to think about that yeah. but anyway just for kind of ease of reference I suppose I was picturing it and what I wrote there is they live in an actual New York apartment not a friend's one <laughs> So uh, let me just finish, like, cycling through this. So um, I wrote down that all three of all three of the other guys are counterculture figures in a way, except for Mike. Um, So I thought, you know, it could be that Mike is an actor of color. Um, I I wrote down um, Neil is gay, which I suppose is possible Um, and kind of works. Uh, what else did I write? Oh, so Alexi uh, is a stand-up who's also an actor, or maybe it's a Sasha Baron Cohen type. Oh, um, uh, yeah, that that yeah. I can that I can see. I mean, I I run hot and cold with Sasha Baron Cohen, but uh, but I can see that working in that uh, in that environment absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he's such a kind of chameleon with the characters, and that's what uh, Alexi is doing. Right. I don't think was Sasha Baron Cohen ever a stand-up. I don't think so, but I could be wrong. I'm not sure. Maybe. Only in like an Andy Kaufman sense, I suppose. Like I can see him Maybe pulling so. something like that with the audience. But I can see that working. Um, I wrote down, still have the weird puppetry question mark? Yes. <laughs> I, I mean... <laughs> well, I've tried... That part, I don't know. Tell me about... Well, tell me your I, I don't there. know if you necessarily need puppetry, but I think the surrealist aspects and the... the I was going to say Dadaist aspects in some ways that has that that sort of anarchic feel to it that has a line back to Python, back to Goon Show. Like I feel like that's that's such a important part of some of the more seminal um, British comedies, and that and that um, and that that's something that I feel like is uh, that was one of the most mind blowing parts of this uh, of the show. I think when I first saw it, even though you're like what the hell you just cut away to something briefly doing the don't look at me I'm irrelevant and that's about it or, or the uh, um, the you know the things going on in the in the fridge I mean um, I, I don't know if I want them to go overly long I mean one of the problems I think with the original show is sometimes that it just was like okay I'm done I'm done ha- have it as as a little bit I don't need it as a five minute long sketch that doesn't go anywhere mm-hmm. um, unless it somehow ties back like the uh um, the bit with uh, Robbie Coltrane and, and Tony Robinson and the elephant and the sticky bun that mm-hmm. that ends up coming out of nowhere for the um, for the ending, uh, which is is very Pythonic, I think, in its in its own way. Um, but uh, yeah, either either make it something that somehow ties into something or uh, something that uh, uh, that is little. I mean, it doesn't have to be puppetry, but but as little weird asides, I I very much appreciate that and, and would want that to stay. Yeah, I mean, I think the cutaways for sure would still be there. It's just a question of whether we do the kind of like flowers and banisters and things like that and talking. Fly on the wall, uh, I think it'd be fun. Film crew, yeah, um. right. Um, I was trying to figure out who the equivalent of Cliff Richard would be. Um, like, it's someone who, uh, against all odds, these kind of three counterculture figures are into. So we're talking like Adele, Michael Bublé. I don't even know who it would be. Um, but something like that. Uh, and I think 
you know, I was I was being very vague before about Mike being an actor of color. I think exactly which uh, what his background is would really depend on where they set it, because uh, it would probably be a little bit different if it were set in London versus in New York, et cetera, et cetera. I wouldn't be presume I wouldn't presume to be the white guy who figures out, you know, uh, what that should be. But it just feels right to me, uh, you know, that that might not be a white guy in this one. You know, it's funny who I, I was, well, he's, he's too old at this point. You want, you want people that are at least, I, I mean, in their twenties, I suppose, as usual, you don't actually end up casting, uh, um, you know, if you could cast college age, fine. But if you're not do twenties, you know, the forties would be a little mm-hmm. pushing it too much. I was going to say, uh, picturing Sanjay, uh, Bhaskar from, um, Kumar's at number 42. Uh, for some reason I could see him, Pulling off, a, mm-hmm. uh, pulling off a modern day mic, uh, but like I said, I think he's, yeah. he's too old at this point. Um, yeah, I'm definitely not up on who the the like twenty something. Yeah, which is comic which is the thing, right? Do this. One of the uh, one of the strengths of the young ones was the fact that this was all the you know the comic strip presents all of these up and coming alternative comics that are mm-hmm. just coming off the scene that you know nobody knew of and and uh, exploded after that. You know, again. We don't know who they are. I, uh, they're, I mean, g- given the changing nature of the medium and and the internet and things like that, that they can come from different places, I suppose, from before. But uh, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think we necessarily know. And it would be interesting. I, I wouldn't want to take names that I necessarily knew so well. I would want to find ones like that that are just kind of finding their voice now. It, yeah, it's interesting to think about if you were living in the UK at that time, would you already have been aware of these guys? I guess you would have because the comic strip presents right. have been running for a little well, bit. And they so. were, and of course they were too, you know, aid and, uh, aid and, um, Rick had their, had their act. And then, um, Peter mm-hmm. Richardson and, um, and Nigel Planer did. Right. So, you know, again, are there, are there not just even just single performers, but are there duos or, or groups right now that are performing that, you know, you could look at and say, okay, I could see them ending up in a, in a comedy like, like this or even if it you know it needs to be twisted a little more to fit their particular mold um i'd be curious to see who those who those were i'm tempted after Mm -hmm. this to start searching online for things like that and find out if there is yeah i mean who knows but uh i think the types uh that we've been talking through kind of kind of still make sense i think the only one that's even really a question mark in my mind is kind of exactly what subculture neil hails from um but there are several, I think, that we talked about that could work. Um, and a lot of the stuff that they're doing is pretty universal. They have a party that they feel like is the most important party of their lives. Um, they're bored. <laughs> Who can't relate? Uh, they, they endure a flood that just, you know, threatens to destroy their house. I mean, we've all been through a flood like that. You know, we've, we've all had an axe-wielding hey. homicidal maniac chase us around our homes. Spoilers, they get sick. <laughs> nobody has been sick though this one's going to be very unique yeah. um, I'm just saying that happens a lot with college kids uh, I, I, I'm, I'm sure you can think of particular incidents like that I know I could oh my god uh-huh. yeah so um, uh, is there anything else we didn't kind of cover with that I mean I think initially I was like oh my god they wouldn't do this show today I really was like there's nothing for us to talk about here but like the more I thought through it the more sense it made, uh, it it really could work. I think as long as they didn't try to copy right. the original characters exactly. Yeah, or God forbid, the original script. No, I, I would want it to be something completely, completely new. Um, 
but uh, but taking from the same spirit of the original, I suppose. Yeah, we really should have had somebody younger than us watch this with us at some point <laughs> and gotten their reactions to well, it. Or we could have done our homework and potentially tried to find some you know younger comedians and said, oh, that, those would have been perfect. Uh, but that, that would have required doing homework beforehand. And, that sounds crazy. Yeah. So Yeah, uh, we don't do homework any more than these kids do. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. The young ones. They don't do their homework, neither do we. It's it's about four kids in school, and we basically never see the school, uh, which I th- which <laughs> I think true. is is funny enough that way. Um, yep. So, uh, I think we should get into it. Uh, we'll get into the episode um, and start watching this thing. What do you think, Jeff? I think that sounds like a good idea. All right. So much, it's time for you to like access. Gandhi once said about Western civilization. Uh, it's time for you to access the, uh, the hard drive that's been implanted in your brain, uh, 20, 30 years hence in our cybernized future. Uh, and Jeff and I will be getting our DVDs like true Neanderthals. So here we go. And we have just edited out the most scintillating conversation you could ever imagine while we got our DVDs ready and we're ready now. It's true. We were talking all about you. It was not flattering. It was hours and hours. It's so late now here where we are. Yeah. Um, Anyway, you'll never hear that, but now we're going to watch Sick. So, Jeff, are you ready to start your uh, DVD? Yes. Okay. Everyone will hit play on three, two, one, play. Here we go. Three, two, one. One play. And it's already screwed up. All right, let's go back to zero. Okay. Mine screwed up for like one second. That was about it. But. Yeah, mine were skipped like four seconds okay. or something. All right, here we go. Uh, this will just be for... Oh, I guess that's how... All right, here we go. Three, two, one, play. And for the first time in three weeks, we're back to the original credits. What? Well, the oh, l- you're right. The last two weeks were special credits. Dallas and uh, the spooky ones. Yep. Very observant, young Jeff. Mm-hmm. It's so weird to see Nigel Planer these days with, like, you know, a short hair. It's... Mm-hmm. He is very different looking out of his Neil gear. <laughs> Fun fact, my mul- I love when- my multivitamin plus my um, orange juice in the morning turns my tongue blue. Oh god. I like when Vivian gets mad at himself. (laughs) That's it. They would remake this during COVID.
<laughs> it's a very stoic little hamster there. How to feel sad for a puppet. <laughs> they project very well for sick people. I was thinking that. I do love that line. <laughs> Me too. Vivian's in rare form in this one. Another great Vivian look. <laughs> The beginning of my favorite <laughs> running gag. <laughs> she I thought it was Elvis. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, I did not need that. Oh, gross. <laughs> That's a really impressive practical effect. Somebody saw The Exorcist. I feel, I feel like they cut some of this from the American version. No, I know I've seen this before.
Uh, how these things start. It's very practical. <laughs> oh. You need nine inch nails. Cue music. Probably true. <laughs> Everybody to the limit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right. One other thing this episode has going for it. Yeah. How is he playing that guitar? Clearly does not have any patience. <laughs> he clearly doesn't have any patience for miming this song. I've always hated that line that they're playing up downstairs <laughs> just annoys the hell out of me. It's playing up downstairs. I get it. I just don't like it. <laughs> I get it. I just don't want it. <laughs> that was such a good line. Durex is a condom, kids. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't think I've caught that before. Uh. What good sound and subtitles will get you? Actually, I think the first time I saw this, I wouldn't have known who the cure was, believe it or not. I don't know if I... No, I'm pretty sure I would have at this point, but... 
It wouldn't have jumped out at me. I will say this is one of the most normal sounding songs in all of the episodes. The kind of mainstreamish. Well, I don't know. What would you term Motorhead? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it feels a little bit edgier, you know? Well, the Motorhead always seemed like the outlier to me, you know, as opposed they were the less, mm -hmm. the least popish, certainly. That's true. That's why they were holding these. See, there we go. Weird. So, which bands of today can you picture doing this? Hmm. <laughs> Actually, quite a few of them. Mm. Definitely Billie Eilish. <laughs> oh, wow. I think that was Brian Croucher from Blake 7. Mm. Phil Collins. <laughs> I thought his name was Dammit. Mr. Dammit. <laughs> I used to think that line was my bums exploding it's like I haven't seen this episode at all and less than a year later Jennifer Saunders married him <laughs> The dance. You know what? I'd like to see the What We Do in the Shadows guys. Yep. In an episode like this.
Oh, I love that line. All right, I forgot about this line. Like Vivian looking for loopholes here. <laughs> oh god Maybe she's only allowed to appear in episodes with madness in them. <laughs> Good connection. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad we it's never terrifying. get to see uh, Rick's family. Rick's, yeah. Mike's, I don't know, but but Rick's, yeah. I really would want to see. I love the fact that Alexei is even helping out on this. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, and that's her, too. Yep. <laughs> oh, I love that bit. I love the disconnect between Neil and his parents in terms of status. Oh, yes. It's kind of one leads to the other, I feel like. His ingratiating behavior is always so painful yet hilarious. <laughs> it's a good episode. So Neil's for last it. name is Pi. Yeah. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. 
And then he went from this to nosing <laughs> around. <laughs> I love how meta all this is. I have to wonder to what extent they got actual complaints. Yeah. And this is based on that. But you made a Felicity Kendall reference a few episodes back. This is ranged into full on Python territory. <laughs> right. <laughs> stop that, stop that. You're not going into the good life while I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I love when he calls him Michael so much. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Rick's outfit here.
<laughs> so weird. <laughs> For some reason, I originally thought that killing a hippie was supposed to be a worse crime than killing anyone else. As long as you don't kill an albatross, I think. short comedian <laughs> You may recognize them Rich from several other episodes a whole bit Yeah <laughs> oh, those little subliminal bits. <laughs> the dove and the frog. Mm -hmm.
What in the world? It's a reference to them going to bed in um, Bambi oh, before they go to right. the laundrette. Yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> They're having a snog. <laughs> Rick, you can kill the other ones, then you'll be the head of the household. very uh, Lady Macbeth moment here for Rick. That's an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. You know, we are actually watching this on Halloween. Oh my gosh, you're right. Although it would have been funnier if it was nasty, but... Yeah. <laughs> and now it's the... We don't have an ending to this episode. I swear it sounds like Brian Dammit, which I think is funnier. It is Brian Croucher. Yeah. So how did they do the thing with three Neils? Do you think it was just a normal sort of like locked off camera deal? Or did they have two people who from a distance kind of looked like Neil? No, I think it was split screen. Yeah. Either that or he's got two siblings. But no, I, I would say it's probably split screen. <laughs> the, the pie triplets.
and that was sick. Well, that was not nearly as bad as I was uh, as I was dreading. I mean, you know, the uh, <laughs> the icky bits were the icky bits, but I, I suffer through them perfectly okay. Maybe it was knowing it was coming, I suppose. But it's also mostly relegated to the front half of the episode. And mm-hmm. and remembering, I'd forgotten how many good bits were in this particular episode. I mean, the the uh, the good life parody, the uh, like I said, the mm-hmm. running gag, of course, um, the. Um, the parents. I love love Neil's parents and the fact that these <laughs> these very posh, you know, very, uh, you know, I almost expecting spe- extended storyline where um, where you know Mike would try to get under their good graces as uh, well. I'll, I'll save why for the uh, for our thoughts for the next episode on that. But um, oh yes, yeah. Uh, but um, it, just the fact that you know you have this you have this hippie that uh, his parents are are very posh and rich and and he's you know, rejected that sort of lifestyle. And, and you mm-hmm. know, as opposed to Vivian's mom is enough Vivian-like, right? I mean, so the question is... True. The, the question, again, comes down to, you know, if... Uh, does Mike have hippie parents as a um, as a, a swing around from uh, a reverse of what happens with Neil? What does his parentage look like? And, of course, Rick. I want to know so badly what... Uh... <laughs> well... Mike, I'm I put money down as an absent father, um, and uh, a mother he's always trying to to get attention from. That is my guess with Mike. That's what's going on there. With Rick, it's a good question. Is it the same deal as Neil, where his parents are ultra conservative? I mean, Maybe one of them's a Tory MP. Yeah, I mean, almost in a way, I, I picture that being more fitting for Rick than Neil. Although it's funny, obviously, for Neil. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's if you had to pick one uh, one student whose uh, parents would be that way, I would have picked Rick. Yeah, yeah, agreed. So it's it's tough to know. Um, it's funny, also in terms of other stuff we'll talk about uh, next episode is uh, inspired by by the parents and and by finding out that bit of their background. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, the fact that, you know, we have only 12 episodes, so there isn't a lot that we actually learn about. I mean, the same way that we don't actually get to see much about what school they go to or anything along those lines. And in a way, I like the fact that's not uh, exposed that much, that it lets us um, it lets us wonder about it. But even, I, I like the fact that because of the parents, we get a little peek into their background, but I, I don't, I wouldn't want more than that fleshed out, I suppose. I actually like the fact that we don't know who Rick's uh, parents are, and we can wander, uh, wonder about that, I think. Mm-hmm. He was he was found in a basket. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my <laughs> turn. I just... Yeah, sorry. Is this thing on? No. <laughs> I, I'm trying to picture that. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm just being stupid. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just... Well, he, okay, so here are clues. I, I didn't realize we'd get so deep into this, but here we go. I, I think the clues for Rick are, um, despite his avowed politics, he is so quick to try to ingratiate him with himself with other people's parents. First, Vivian's mom, and now uh, the pies. Um, he, his first instinct whenever anything happens to him is to call the cops. Um like all all of his avowed political leanings are betrayed by every single other thing that he does. So does that mean that his parents are conservative and he's still trying to break the habits they instilled in him? 
uh, or are they the most boring people in the world and he's trying to be interesting? Uh, uh, th- those, or maybe a combination I was of both. Say, those two are not mutually exclusive. Um, yeah. I, you know, I could picture him being ignored, although that's interesting. We said that potentially about Mike too, that the Mike one doesn't quite ring true to me. Um, it, it's, it's tough, but, uh, but for Rick, I mean, clearly he's, he's trying to be, uh, you know, this is somebody that is very much attention starved. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. for, for Mike, I picture it more along the lines of, you know, get rich quick, uh, type of, of thing. Um, but yeah, distant father then maybe. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I think mm-hmm. so. I, uh, I mean, some of this, like I said, also is, is ground that I want to be careful not to step on because I want to specifically aim at that for, uh, for our topic for the next, after the next episode. Yeah, I don't remember if I mentioned it, but next episode, everybody, we're going to be talking about this uh, idea that Jeff and I were batting around years and years ago about what would the post-Young Ones thing be like? What would happen to these kids after they grew up a little bit uh, and got out into the world? Um, which I hope hopefully will be an interesting topic, but we will be talking about that in Summer Holiday, the next episode. I wanted to say while we're still onto this, I, I agree with what you said about this episode. I was like, oh, yeah, sick. That, that, that one's probably pretty good. Um, and I was like, oh, we're going to have to endure the whole snot business. But I found myself smiling through the whole episode. Yeah. And I forgot how, like, wall-to-wall this is with funny bits and lines. and like It's probably one of the most violent, uh, too, which I, I feel like. I, I'm, yeah, I'm laughing over that, uh, laughing over those bits. But, uh, but yeah, it's true. Um I, I forgot about um, Alexei's role in this particular episode completely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and also the sort of meta thing that's going on. Like, I, I don't think I really noticed exactly what Rick's behavior reminded me of until we watched it this time. And the Macbeth thing triggered that for mm-hmm. me. Um, the whole thing in the middle about uh, kind of answering the the things that people would say about this show, presumably. Um, and then talking about the other shows that were on TV mm-hmm. and <laughs> the kind of contrast there, I think was just brilliant, uh, just brilliantly done. Uh, the the whole business with Rick and that ridiculous kind of country yokel outfit. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> and Vivian going, just wait one moment, Michael. <laughs> Yeah, I know we used to imitate that line a lot. There's, yeah, when oh, when you're taking somebody as rude as Vivian and suddenly, you know, shoving him into being him, having him be extra nice, and uh, but it's also the case that Mike is the one person that he defers to as well. So it's it's not just we yeah. throw him into a different situation; it still fits the character. Well, not only that, but also he gets that whole outburst about. Uh, television commentary and everything else. This is a really good episode, I feel like, for Vivian. Yeah, well, this, like you said, I mean, this, they, they broke a lot of physical walls here as well as breaking the fourth wall in this one, and it's not like they don't do fourth wall breaks before, but this one was, like I said, I'm curious how much, how many complaints they potentially uh, got and were addressing that head on in their own way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's, I mean, uh, both both South Park and Simpsons did that in their early days as, as well, Um Lord knows, I'm, I'm sure Python did in different places, uh, uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I, that whole uh, that whole rant by Vivian is so beautifully brilliant. It is, yes. Um, 
yeah, so I enjoyed Sick quite a bit. I, I even forgot that Vivian's mother makes a, rep- yeah, a repeat appearance. Yeah, I forgot about that, too. I mean, I, I still think that, uh, I mean, her first appearance was better, although this gets the, the line, is that any way to talk to your mother? Um, which is the, the, one, <laughs> the one exchange where I feel like that's worth it. But, yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, so good. Yeah, I really like this one a lot. Um, it, the, our ranking for next time is going to be an interesting one uh, because I did not expect this one to do as well as I suspected. That's yeah, true. Yeah, I'm going to have trouble figuring out where to fit this in. Yep, yep, yep. I, I have my thoughts, but uh, I'm going to have to think about this. <laughs> I feel like there was another thing I was going to say about this one, and I'm trying to remember what it was. Uh, riveting podcast. Yeah, there was, there was the little <laughs> bit of, you can edit out the, the pause, there was a little bit of that Grange Hill parody with another Ben Elton return. Oh, yes. Um, uh, Stephen Frost, and I forget the other guy's name that again pops up. You know, they're, they're, Mark Arden, they, I want to say. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, that they've been background yeah. players in so many episodes in this. And, and the main reason I remember Stephen Frost is because that he shows up in several episodes of the, you know, he was heavily involved in the early episodes of the original British Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh, yeah. So. That's right. He was. Mm-hmm. Never really put that together. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, just a lot of really good things in here in this penultimate episode of the season. Oh, penultimate! So, That's so sad. I know. I, I am. I am getting a little bit sad here because there is only the one more. We're, we'll um, just have to do something after this, I guess. I I don't know what it could possibly mm, be. I have no idea. Some other, some other British show that's a comedy and has six episodes a season. Mm. And features Aid Edmondson and Rick Mail. I mean, what could there Popping possibly up be? And, and Nigel Planer at one point. Oh, Gee, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, That'd be a good feature. You know what? Let, between now and next time, let's go look up and try to find out if there's any series that fits all those criteria. That's... Just see if we can find one. That sounds like a fantastic idea. We could be looking up through the entire history of British comedy. That's right. Not only is it a fantastic idea, it's also a cunning plan. Ah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right, well, that's the high point of the commentary for this episode. It's not going to get better. Um, cool. Well, that's that's sick. Uh, as I've said several times, next time is Summer Holiday, which is the very end of the series. Um, and it may be a long episode, so buckle up. Uh, we have a lot of fun things to talk about. And uh, other than that, we'll see you all next time. Except that we won't see you. We'll hear you next time. No, we won't hear you either. You'll hear us next time. Right. There we go. You'll hear us next time. I made that work. (laughs) All right. Until next time, I am Drew. I'm Jeff. And this has been Starship Starship Podcast. Podcast. Warlock. Warlock. Warlock.